uh, to hear just from all the people that have spoken and to sing the songs we've been able to sing. Um, it's always just a pleasure to be able to worship God uh, together as a family. Uh, turn to Philippians chapter 3, uh, and we're going to continue our, our series on Philippians. I know it's been a little, it's been a little, you know, put in with different things. I know last week was awesome, and I want to thank uh, the brothers, Trevor, Iggy, and Justin, for an awesome time. I know some of them are down uh, in the single time. Thank you again. It was awesome. We are uh, in the process of editing the video so that we can uh, make that available to everyone whether to just see it yourself again or to uh, share it with your friends. So that will be awesome. Um, and today we're going to be speaking about um, run to win the prize. Nice. And uh, who, who likes to run here? Who likes to run? Okay. Uh, you know, now, I, I don't like beginning to run, but I like ending the run. <laughs> And I, and I tell you that there's something special about ending the run. Now, beginning the run, the first mile, is not always the fun, you know, the most fun. Uh, you know, the, the first, second mile, I'm feeling a little better. Third mile, feeling a little better. Fourth mile, feeling a little better. Sixth mile, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to end this thing. But um, obviously your body releases a lot of endorphins when you run. Um, and to me, it's it's... It's taking that shower after and, and just feeling good about what you did. And uh, your body feels good. And the rest of the day, you're just kind of like, hey, I'm happy right now. And, and your, 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 your body's flooded with all these different uh, uh, brain uh, chemicals that make you feel encouraged and inspired. But um, winning the, the prize, I'm not talking about necessarily a, a physical prize. I'm talking about the prize, the prize of prize. And I wanted to, to talk to you about that today. I want to talk a little bit about, as we look at this passage in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, what is the prize? That's the first thing I want to talk about. And the second thing is, how do we win that prize? Uh, and, and we're going to explore that today together. But just to remind us all, it's, it's just what we're trying to accomplish is we're really trying to learn this, this year about rejoicing and how to rejoice spiritually, how to have joy that, that goes beyond our circumstances. Amen? Amen. And I want to ask you, how's that going? I mean, I think, I think right now I'm, I'm really starting to learn that in a deeper way, but there's also a lot of things that have just come out of nowhere to teach me those things that I wasn't ready for. Amen? You ever see that when God kind of says, oh, you want to learn joy? Let me help you out here with a couple things to help you understand how to have joy without uh, worrying about your circumstances. And for me, that's that's been encouraging when God helps you to grow, amen? And then we're all trying to make progress, right? We're all trying to grow. And uh, as a Christian, when you, start, when you stop growing, right, if anything, you, you, you start de- decreasing or, or not thriving spiritually, you can, you can kind of, if you're not growing, you're dying spiritually. I think it's so important for us to continue to grow, amen? amen. And, um, and growing in our joy is a great great thing. That comes from the Holy Spirit, of course. That comes from our relationship with God. And what is the secret of joy? And I think, I think the first big and the most important secret is the joy of knowing Jesus, the joy of knowing our Lord. Amen? Amen. To knowing Him, to knowing who He is, and to realize that, that He is our God. He is the God that endures forever. His love endures forever. Amen. And that word forever is an interesting word, isn't it not? Forever. 
And uh, I know last week it was awesome to see Sarah baptized. Amen? To see Sarah baptized. And to, for her to share, uh, you know, just about her life and how for most of her life, for part of her life, she was just thinking about, you know, how to succeed as a person and how to, how to do well for her family. And now uh, her, her number one goal is to know Christ and to know uh, Him and just to see her joy and to see just the peace. Even you can see on her face her peace that she has Amen. spiritually. And, and just to have that peace is an amazing thing. But to know, to know God is, is where true joy comes from. And I, I want to challenge you to think about something else that can give you as much joy as God. Your family, that, that might be one thing you could challenge me with. But even your family lets you down. Even your family is disappointing. Even your family, unfortunately, doesn't endure forever. That joy forever comes from God because God is forever. God is forever. And God can allow your family members to live forever. You ever think about that? You think about the fact that your, your God, our God can, can let us be together forever. That our fellowship break is going to go on forever someday. <laughs> Let's have a short, I mean a long, forever fellowship break, you know, and, and that's going to happen, um, and, and maybe that will happen in paradise, you know. I can't wait to meet you in paradise. I'm not talking about Gwen's house. I'm talking about paradise, right? I'm talking about paradise. I'm talking about meet you in paradise. I, that's incredible to think about, is it not? The, the prize is paradise. The prize is heaven. The prize is eternity with God. And this quote from C.S. Lewis really has moved me deeply. It says, if we, we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we are made for another world. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I have searched for a long time to, I've desired something that nothing else can fill up in this world. You know, that, that achievement can't fulfill, that success can't fulfill, that, 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 you know, victories in my life can't fulfill. You know, the bucket list, is, there's something missing, even with a bucket list in your life, that nothing else, and, and C.S. Lewis nailed it, that, that there's, something, there's something that we feel that we can't explain necessarily, that only our God can fulfill. And only the next world can fulfill. So if you're feeling unsatisfied, who's feeling a little unsatisfied? I am. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not content. It doesn't mean that I'm encouraged about where God has me right now. It doesn't mean I can't be at peace and be full of contentment. Amen. Knowing in the back of my mind that, that this feeling of malcontent, this feeling that I have that this world isn't right. It isn't. And... and, and, and the, this, the way that we treat each other isn't right. And, and, and how we, we wake up. And I'm, I'm, not ex I'm not fulfilled because I get tired every day. And, and we get sick. And, and there's diseases out there. You know, I'm not satisfied with this world. And God says, that's right, my son. You get it. You get it, my daughter. You realize that, that this is not the only thing that I've prepared for you. Now, life is beautiful. Life is awesome. You know, there's a lot of wonderful things about life that I enjoy. And there's times you just sit back and just go, oh, this is awesome. Right? And there's also times when you sit back and you go, this is not awesome. 
But in those moments of both, let us remember that there's another world that's waiting for us. Amen. Another world that God prepared for us. Another world that, that makes and will make you satisfied. That's so inspiring. And that helps me live my life now with great joy and rejoicing. That gives me a power that no one else has that doesn't have Christ. What is the prize? Pri the prize is forever. The prize is eternity with God. The prize is that home in heaven, amen, amen. that we have. Um, and, and we're going to talk about the prize today. How spiritually, as a Christian, do we win the prize? Because that's the goal. I don't know if you know the goal of church. What's the goal of your Christianity? What is it, church? To know Christ forever. To be, make it to heaven. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's my goal. I, I, I love, you know, I'd love to have better worship services. Amen? And I'd love to know the Bible so well. And I'd love to, to be a great trainer of people. And, and I'd love to help a lot of people know God. But for me, my biggest goal, your biggest goal, should be to make it. Amen. To finish the race. You know, we've definitely seen some people that have gone ahead of us. You know, Scott Green had his... Um, uh, memorial service this last Saturday that was streaming online that thousands of people was wa were watching from Seattle and incredible uh, hopefully they'll make that available for people that missed it but just to see this one life this one uh, person who had weaknesses and obviously strengths that went on to help people you know um, every day people pass away I don't know if you've ever done this but um, it kind of it's, it's kind of overwhelming to see the current population in real time. You ever do that? Go online and see the current population in real time. And you'll see the deaths and births, deaths and births, deaths and births, deaths and births. And it's crazy when you see that in real time. Now, is this real time? I don't know. They probably took statistical things and, you know, figured that out that way. There's no way they can track that. A baby was born. Enter. A baby was born. Return. A baby is born. Okay, someone died. Boop. You know, no one's doing that. Hopefully not. That would be super discouraging to, as a job. You know what I mean? But what you see is just every, every second a couple of people die, and every a second five or six more people are born. So it's getting a little crazy here, you know, and if you look at India, you know, India is going to pass China real soon, you know what I mean? And, 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 and there's just a lot of things that you can see in this world that go, wow, even Africa, just the things that are happening in Africa, despite everything else going on, Africa is just increasing in population. We know that, that every life is so precious to God. What is the goal? What is the prize? It's to make it to heaven. Do you want to make it to heaven? Do you want to make it there? Well, it takes a, a, a serious focus to make it to heaven. You know, not everyone wins the prize. Did you know that? Yes. You're not just guaranteed the prize just because you want it. Everybody wants to go to heaven. I've never met anyone that says, no, I don't want to go there. don't want to live forever. I'd rather just die. You know, if people are going to get real honest, they would never say that. Because in us, we feel the need to live on. We feel this itch that we can't fulfill without living forever. Amen? Yeah. And so Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 3. 
he, he, he goes on and he kind of discourses about his life and just his thinking. And I love Philippians 3 because we get into the mind of Paul. I don't know if you are excited about that. But it's really cool to realize, okay, what was Paul's perspective on life? That's a great thing to study out. That's a great thing to know. Because he was in jail right now, and he seemed more fired up than anyone else I know. How did he do that? How was he in jail? How would he have all these pressures on him, and yet he still kept his joy? Well, we're going to go into the secret of joy right now in the mind of Paul as we learn about how to win the prize, how to run in such a way to win the prize. What is the prize? How do you gain the prize? Let's start in verse 12 of chapter 3 in Philippians. First point, progress makes perfect. Ah, I played that a little bit. Play, play on words, but I think it's a very true statement. Chapter 3, verse 12. We'll read till verse 17. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize from which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already obtained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have, uh, just as you have us as a model. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. You know, this is an awesome passage, and, and, and we read a little farther on, but to think about this passage, and what is he talking about? What is the goal? Well, the goal in verse 12 uh, he's talking about is to know Christ. You know, he says, this is my goal. You know, what was Paul's mission statement was right there before that. We looked at this last, uh, two weeks ago. I want to know Christ. That was his mission statement. I want to know Christ. Yes. He says it again, yes. To know the power of his resurrection in my life. To participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. We broke that down last week. And, and certainly you can listen to that sermon again. Uh, of what, what that means and what the power of the resurrection means. Of course that means the power of the Christian life. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of you. And gives you the ability to change. If anyone says to you, you can't change. You say, yeah, you're right, I can't change. But the power of the resurrected Christ can help me change. People can't change. Yes, they can't usually. Most people stay the way they're going to be. But the truth is, Jesus can, can change through the power of the resurrection. There's a power in your life to overcome things that no other people usually can because of the power of the resurrected Christ. Amen? Amen. The spirit that you received at baptism is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Amen. You have power inside of you. You know that song, Jesus got the power. You know, and it, that's an awesome song. I love hearing that song. I love when Carl sings it, you know. He's got power. And then dude goes off and starts doing some riffs, you know. And, you know, that song's awesome. But do you know you have power? The same power that rose Jesus from the dead you have inside of you. That's what Paul wanted to know about more. He wanted to know this power. 
that, that came from the, his, the, Jesus' resurrection. He wanted to participate in his sufferings and, 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 and to understand his sufferings. Paul understood that suffering brings more Christ-likeness than victories. But yet, why do we want victories and no sufferings? Well, because we have our mindset. Our mindset is to be comfortable rather than be like Christ. That's the American way. Let me be comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with wanting peace and wanting some, you know, peace brings about the gospel message being preached, amen? I'm not talking about let's welcome strife in our life. But when suffering comes, ask them to sit down on your couch. Don't avoid suffering. Because suffering produces Christ-likeness more than anything else in this entire world, amen? Uh, and then it says, becoming like him is death. His spiritual death, Jesus died so that many seeds could be produced. Amen? Amen. And so again, he wanted to, to be selfless like Jesus was in his death. So to somehow obtain the resurrection. That was Paul's, Paul's goal. Paul's goal was that in the grave he'd rise up again like Jesus did. I don't know about you, but that's fired up. What's your goal? My goal is to rise from the dead. What's your goal? Um, trying to lose 20 pounds. <laughs> Amen. Maybe you can do both, but let's do the resurrection thing first. Let's do, let's make sure that goal is primo on the top. Amen. Resurrecting from the dead. That's the goal of church. I was sitting down with someone the other day and I said, we're, we're going to study the Bible. And I was like, hey, so what do you think we're doing here right now? Are we just... I mean, doing like a little flowery Bible study. Like, hey, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me behind quiet waters. Now, I love that passage. Psalm 23, I feel bad making fun of it. It's an amazing passage. But it's an incredible passage. But, you know, that's when we think about Bible studies. Would you like to study the Bible? And then it's like the, the piano music starts going on. And like, the Lord, you know, and you just start getting all like, ah, sleepy, you know. I said, what are we doing here right now? What do you think we're doing right now? Do you think I like just sitting on my, you know, opening this book and reading? What are we doing here? And it's just thing, you know, he was, uh, I don't know, getting to know God more. That's a good, good answer. I'm like, yes, but I'm trying to help you live forever. That's what I'm here to do. When you're studying the Bible with someone, when you're studying the Bible, I'm, we're not just here just to like do some flowery Bible study. We're here to raise, see ourselves raised from the dead. Amen. That's our goal. If you're studying the Bible, that, that, that's why we're doing it. We're not just spending time. This is the most important time, amen, amen, to do. And so this was Paul's goal. And he says in verse 12, not that I've obtained this. And I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged by that. Amen? I'm super encouraged with this because Paul is like, I'm not there yet. And if Paul's not there yet, then I don't need to beat myself up that I'm not there yet. But he says, one thing I do is I press on. I keep going forward. I keep making progress in my spiritual life. And that is what Paul's perspective, that's how we obtain the resurrection is by continuing to grow, amen, as a disciple. Amen. 
growing as someone who becomes more and more like Jesus. What does it mean to grow? It, becomes, it means that you become more like Jesus. That's really what it, be, it, it means to really make progress. Progress makes perfect. Now, you heard practice makes perfect, but progress makes perfect. I believe with all my heart that we're perfected by the blood of Jesus. Amen? But the Bible says in, in Hebrews that we are, we are made holy, right? But we're continually being sanctified and becoming more and more holy. See, when you don't go spiritually, when you, when you slow down, when you don't desire to be more like Jesus you know, in your speech, in your life, in your perspective, when you stop growing, when, yeah, quiet time, I'll, I'll leave that till tomorrow. When you stop seeking the Lord and you start just kind of being comfortable with where you're at spiritually, you start to lose perspective. You lose focus. You stop running. You know, I ran two marathons in my lifetime, and I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But I, I definitely loved both experiences. Both experiences were great. The first experience was when I was a young lad. And I just finished basketball, so I was in pretty good shape. And, and I, I did this thing where you run. And I was super scared because I never ran a marathon. And... I remember uh, the first big training run I ran, I totally broke down physically. I remember just running. And this happens to runners. It's called the wall, right? And I was like, I'm going to run 18 miles. You know, this is going to be one of my longer runs. And, and usually the next one is like 22, so I'll be good. You know what I mean? After that, once you hit 22, people just, yay, yay. People are shouting at you, and that gives you the rest of the 4.2 miles. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm thinking, you know, and that's, that's what they usually say. But I knew nothing about running. I didn't know about long distance running. I didn't know about the whole fact that you need to eat. <laughs> Glucose is a very important part of running because you're, you're, that is the muscle... Uh, food, essentially, in that moment of you running. And so I just kind of was like, hey, I ate a little food for, you know, about four hours ago. So good, we're good, let's go. No water, no nothing, and I just go out and run. So on the first 10 miles, I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm feeling it. You know, my legs start feeling it. And I'm running the same route of the marathon, you know what I mean? So it's really a kind of a boring, weird kind of route because there's no one cheering for you, Framingham, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not inspiring. You're passing by like just normal shops and you're running by. And, and then I hit mile 16 and my body was like, ain't no way we're going anymore. <laughs> and I started like just salting, you know, just your whole body just starts salting. And this brother, Dan Lee, I had him on backup. I said, listen, dude, you have my car. Meet me here. But if I don't come back, look for me. He was like, okay, bro, whatever. So, so I ran, and at the time, you didn't have cell phones. And at the time, this is way back in the day. You know, you didn't have anything like that. So I'm running, and I literally just am like, I stopped running. I'm like, oh, you know. I felt like I could move. And I was like in like Natick. And my house is in Arlington, you know what I mean? Or, 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 or I think at the time it was Cambridge. I, I forget, Dorchester. It was Dorchester. So I was living in Dorchester, and I'm in Natick. I got no transportation, and I'm in trouble. And so you know how long this ago, this is Blockbuster. I stopped at Blockbuster. I was like, hello. I look like a zombie, you know? I was all pale. 
I was like, can I use your phone, please? And they're like, uh, sir, we don't usually let that happen. It's not our policy. I'm like, I live in Dorchester, and I'm running a marathon here trying to do it. And can you please, please let me use the phone? And I, I, I was so, like, weak. I didn't care. I was just like, I'm just going to keep asking. He's like, let me ask my manager. I'm like, okay. And people were, like, looking at me, you know, <laughs> like, two of the, they had the blockbuster, like, two, get two, you know, thing. And they're looking at me like, what the heck? I'm smelly, you know? And the manager, okay, yeah, yeah, come back here. So they let me use the phone. I called Dan Lee up. I was like, can I go and get me, please? And he came and got me. Praise God. I sat down in the car, and I was like, oh. You know, spiritually speaking, that can happen to us. We can hit the wall. And, and what happens physically to you when you hit the wall is something that is, is a great thing. Because you push your body to its limit. Okay? You push your body to a point. You ran in such a way to win the prize, but you need a little break. Amen? Sometimes you need a little recoup. Sometimes you need a little encouragement. Sometimes you need help. Amen? Amen. And I need some help at that time. And that's why we have the church. You know, everyone thinks that they can be like Jesus without the church is mistaken. Because what would it be like if I didn't have a ride? What would have happened? Now, Danielle was not fired up that I did this. She, you know, she wasn't like, yay, that's a good, smart way to do it. Oftentimes, spiritually, I do kind of things like that. Where I'm kind of trying to do something great for God and wind up at Blockbuster. <laughs> basically my Christian life. But you know what happens when you do that? When you actually push yourself to the limit. Amen. Maybe I should have gotten some advice. I remember like a week ago, a week later, I, to- I talked to this marathon runner about it and he was like, yeah, dude, you have to just keep eating every hour. Do you know what goo is? And I'm like, what's goo? You don't know what goo is? Goo is the stuff that you squeeze into your mouth and it gives you glucose. And I was like, where do I find that? <laughs> so I got myself some goo. And the day of the marathon, I am ready. And I ran the whole thing, 26-2, didn't stop, felt awesome, was ready to go. But I hadn't run any more than 16 miles again. But my body was there. My body was ready to go. And I finished. Amen? That was really awesome. I finished. And it was a pretty good time for me. And, it, and now I was sore afterwards and definitely was feeling it. But... Again, spiritually speaking, progress makes perfect. You know, for all of us, we have to continually grow. Amen? Amen. Spiritually. How are you growing this year spiritually? How are you trying to be more like Jesus? This is a great question to ask yourself. You know, progress, you know, makes perfect. You know, someday we're going to be made perfect, the Bible says. Literally made perfect. That it's kind of crazy to think this, but I won't have the temptation like I do now to sin someday. I won't be as selfish as I am today. I will be more like Jesus. I am preparing myself to be perfect. And this marathon that I'm running is not just 26.2 miles. You know, it might be 60 years. It might be 70 years that I'm running this race. And it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, you ever see people that just die out spiritually? They're they're spiritually strong. They're just like blowing it out, you know. And they didn't ask for help at Blockbuster. They didn't get help when they needed it. 
I want to encourage you to remember you need running partners if you're going to finish the race. I'm so excited about our family groups because that is our little team that helps us to finish the race. I don't know about you, but I'm finishing the race. Who commits that they're going to finish the race? That's a pretty big question right there I just asked you. That means that I'll see you in heaven. That means that when, when people sin against you in the church, you're not going to walk away. That means if people do harm to you in the world or in the church, you're not going to stop running the race for Jesus Christ. That means that if you fall into a, the most embarrassing sin you've ever fallen into, that if you told somebody, you would have, people would be shocked that you did it. You're still going to confess it. You're still going to get open. You're still going to be real. You're still going to get help because you want to finish the race. It means that if there's something that's hard for you to repent in, that's difficult for you to be like Jesus, I mean, it's like against your nature to grow in this. You're going to fight to repent and grow in this because you want to finish the race. It means that, that if everybody in this church leaves God, that you're going to stay. The Casco Bay Church will still be the Casco Bay Church because there will be at least one person there. Amen. Now, I believe there will be more than amen, one person there. That's kind of discouraging to think about. But you know what? That's what happened to Jesus. He was left on the cross alone. A couple of women and, and, and a, a dude crying. Everyone else was gone, but yet he was there. He's continuing to do God's will. Amen. Progress makes perfect. He says, how do you keep this progress to make perfect? Well, it says that one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straying towards what ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize from which Christ Jesus called me heavenward. You know, I don't know about you, but this is so important, to not look back. Amen? Amen? You know, there was a, a, a two racers um, that John Landy and Roger Bannister, I don't know if you heard about this race, they were the first people to break the four-minute mile. That's beastly, by the way. I've broken five minutes before, and I literally feel like my heart is going to explode. I've done that before. <laughs> you know, you're just like feeling it, you know what I mean? And you're like... You're, you're almost fainting. I, I've broken the five minutes. The four minutes? That's psycho, man. That is like running 400 pace for a mile. That's what it is. These guys were flying, okay? And what John Landy did was he looked back to see who was around him. And when he looked back, Roger beat him by 0.8 seconds. And there's a bronze statue of both of them running. It's a statue. If you look it up, you know, they're running. And one guy's looking back and the other one's, bam, right there. You know, that's what happens. If we look back, we miss out on the victory. We can't look back. And what does that mean? Well, some of us look back on our successes. The good old days. The good old days. Now, we don't have a, a, a big, you know, we have some people that are older spiritually, but we, you know, 165 is kind of an older spiritual group, amen? But, you know, uh, you know, they, they added up their spiritual birthdays. 
one six five. I don't know if I, I don't think our any groups can get there yet. But you know, you can go. Oh, good old days, man. I'm just spiritual. Last year I was doing great. So I get to uh, you know coast a little bit now. I look back at all my victories, all the people I've done. Blah 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 blah. blah. We can do that, and that stops us from making progress spiritually. And there's other times we look back at our failures. And we go, see, you know, I can never do this because look what I did in this. Look how I failed here. Look how I failed there. Look how I sinned in this area. Both are extremely dangerous. Both will hurt you spiritually. I don't know about you, but, but that, I don't want to be the guy that looks back, you know. And he said, his famous quote is, Lot's wife turned back and she told, turned into a, 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 a pillar of salt. I looked back and I turned into a pillar of bronze. Because <laughs> a statue made of bronze of him. And it's frozen in time now. Where he's looking back. Here, this is the picture. I should have put it on the, on, the, on the... This is the picture of him. You know, looking back. He turned into a pillar of bronze. You got to get rid of the distractions. Stop looking back. You know, all you can deal with is the present. All you can deal with is what's happening right now. Church, you got to forget about the past. Grace is there to forgive you. Amen. Grace is there also to remind you, even with the victories, remember where that really came from. Right. Every victory and every defeat, I need to be strong in the grace. Amen. Let us not stop running, pressing on, spiritually pressing on to do great things for God, to be like Jesus. Amen? Progress makes perfect. You know, that's what he says. I don't look back. I'm not looking back. I press on toward the goal to win me, to win the prize from which God has called me heavenward. All of us who are mature, that word mature means perfect. All of us who are being perfected should take such a view of things. Amen? You know, it's important for us not to necessarily... Oh, yeah, let me just not deal with my sin. Let me repent. Let me have godly sorrow. Let me really think about what I can learn to learn from our sins, amen, to learn from our mistakes and to grow from them. Amen. You know, think about what Paul had to deal with. Christian killer. I don't know about you, but who's killed Christian before? <laughs> amen. I'm so glad no one's hands went up. Amen. Imagine if someone's like, oh yeah, I didn't talk about that with you, bro. I killed a couple Christians, dragged them to prison. You know, it wasn't great. You know, that's intense. That was Paul's past. I don't know about you, but Satan could have came after him a lot with that one. And yet, he was able to press on. If Paul's able to do that with some of his failures, why can't we? The God that he worships is the same God that we worship. Amen? Don't worry about your failures. Stop worrying about what you're not doing. And think about what you want to do. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. That's, a, that's the longest point because I think it's important to press on. Amen? Press on the heavenward. Last, he says, are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus' return? And we'll end here in verse 17. It says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have had us as models. Keep your eyes on, what, on those who live as we do. For as I told you before and am now telling you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. 
Their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. You know, we've read many passages on this, on heaven, on, on the fact that, maybe you haven't, but I want to encourage you to get ready for Christ's return. And one day, we're all going to not expect it, right? When Jesus comes back. I know I'm not. I'm hoping that I'm doing something real spiritual when he comes back. But probably what's going to be happening is I'll be doing something very normal. Making coffee. That's probably what will happen. I'll be like, oh man, I hate this coffee. Stinking. I'm getting all ungrateful. You know what I mean? Why didn't we buy coffee? Man, there's no cream. What? And then, oh, you know, that's probably what's going to happen, you know. Hopefully I'm not doing something embarrassing. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, just, I just want, I'd love to be preaching. That would be cool. I'd love to be serving the poor. That would be amazing. But I'll probably be waking up going, ugh, maybe picking the boogers out of my eyes. You know what I mean? That's probably what's going to happen. Because we don't know when he's supposed to come, the Bible says. Are you ready for his return? That's a great question. I want to be ready. I love that song, Gotta Be Ready When He Calls My Name. What is it going to be like? What is church about? It's about being ready. What does it take to get ready? It takes getting in the scriptures and getting right with God. Through faith in Jesus, through repentance and baptism, making sure you repent before you get baptized, making sure that your repentance is really making Jesus Lord. That's... All it takes, guys. I don't know about you, but that's amazing that I'm ready now. You and I are ready now. You know, it, it takes as a disciple that you continually repent. You don't hold on to sin in your life. If there's sin in your life, get rid of it. Throw it off. It's hindering you from being ready. Throw it off. Confess it. Be open. If there's something that you're not ready yet to meet your Lord with, then, then it's time. Today is the day to repent of it. Amen? You know... What's it mean? Well, first you've got to get right with God before you're ready for God. That's the first step. So if you're studying the Bible, I want to encourage you, if you want to study the Bible, it doesn't take, it took me three weeks. It should have took me a week and a half because I was such a bonehead. I kept canceling the Bible studies for other dumb things. And then they asked me the same question that I asked this brother. Hey, what are we doing right now? I'm like, uh, what? We saw you playing basketball. Why didn't you, why'd you cancel the study to play basketball? I'm sorry. Well, you got to put God first. And I, I learned to get, I, I appreciated that conversation because I needed it. I needed to wake up and be ready for God. I need to make him the priority of everything. Amen? Amen? What's the next thing? Continue to be a learner and repenter. You know, we learn, why does God ask us to repent before we're baptized? That's an interesting thing, right? I think it's so that we can learn how to continually repent as disciples. Because if you don't know how to repent before you're baptized, how are you going to repent after baptism? There are things that you don't even know 10 years from now, they're going to be ugly stuff that you're going to repent of. Get you, I get you getting you ready. You think your 10, year, your 10 year from now self will be more like Christ, but you'll realize how much more of a sinner you are. Get ready for the more sinful Glenn Petruzzi. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's, 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 
it's very difficult to see everything. I, I'm so grateful God didn't show me all my sin all at once. Here's all your sin, and I'd be like, ah! Let's jump off a building. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> seriously, it'd be better for me not to live for all my sin that, I, that I've committed and all the sin that's in my heart right now. But God's helping me to continue to learn. Forget about what's behind. Strain towards being like Jesus. You know, I remember my coach, my cross-country coach. His name was uh, Coach Rhodes. And he was a crusty old man. Most cross-country coaches are kind of crusty. I don't know if, you, if yours was... My, they're like, ah, come on, Matosa! You yell at me. He's like, catch him! Catch him! I'm like, you catch him, man. I'm sticking rubber 2.5 miles up this mountain. I don't want to catch him. If you catch him, we'll win the state meets. He'd yell at me. He'd be running with me. Catch him! So, of course, I catch him. And then we'll die of a heart attack. You know what I mean? You know, but one thing I did, there was, there's different types of runners. Runners, there's some runners that they, they just got a good game plan. They have a good kick like Jesse. Jesse's got a good kick. I don't have the greatest kick. I'm actually super fast, quick, playing basketball. I got a good first step. But I don't have a good, like, 15,000 step. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it means that, that the way I ran was I'm getting out in front because people are going to start passing me at the end of the mile. That's how, that was my strategy. So I'd run my first mile very fast, my second mile very fast, and then my half a mile very fast. And then I try to just hold on to my lead. That was my strategy in cross country. And it worked. It usually worked because people thought, oh, I'll just let you go ahead of me. And they didn't press on, you know what I mean, to win the prize. Other people passed me because they knew what they were doing. One guy, his name was John Mortimer. He won the nationals, the whole country. He, he ran with me for a mile and talked to me in a normal voice. It was super annoying. Then he pulled out an apple and started eating it in front of me. He pulled out an apple. He's like, you're doing real good. I'll see you later. And he just took off. It was so annoying. I was like, I hate you. But then we got on the basketball court and I scored 42 against him. I said, now you're on my field, John. Run is not going to help you right now. You know, and, but we, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. We got to know how, what helps us finish the race. We don't all run the same way. Some of us, you know, I think the turtle always beats the hare, though. <laughs> Meaning that if you just keep on growing. Sometimes you can look at other people in the church, and they seem like hares. They're just like rock stars in the spiritual world, you know what I mean? But what it takes is to finish the race, yeah. you know? Be the turtle, not the hare. Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, through who through faith and patience will inherit what's promised. Patience. Be patient with yourself growing spiritually. That's so important. Sometimes we can get so discouraged. I did it again! Well, God says, I, I made the world in like 5 billion years like Trevor was talking about. I can, I can take my time with you. You ever see God hurry in a hurry? Even on earth, Jesus displayed this time. He wasn't in a hurry. You notice that? Jesus was never in a hurry. He was just kind of like, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. Yeah, let's go somewhere else. <laughs> you know, for us, we can't be in a hurry. 
We have to let God do His work on us. Amen? Amen. It's okay. Stay in His kingdom and grow. But if you're not growing as fast as you want to grow, get some help. But realize it takes time to grow. Like anything. You know, I, I, you, know the, you heard about the bamboo tree, right? That grow, grows, doesn't grow at all for seven years. And then it grows, you know, ten feet, right? In, in, in like a month. Growth happens like that spiritually to us all. We have to be continually growing if we're going to finish the race. You know, there's only three things that, are, that go on if, if you're not running this race. First, you never started. That's important to start the race, amen? Some of us are so scared to start the race. We have to feel like we're all ready to get the race. Now, we have to be prepared, but you just got to start. I hate it in cross country when, on your mark, set... Sometimes I'd look to someone and I'd go, why do I do this? You know what I mean? And we'd go. You know what I mean? I would think that every race. It's not easy to start, amen? But it's awesome to finish. Number two, you stop running. That's, that's the only way you can't finish this race. You can't stop running, amen? And then the last, if you finished the race. And I think three is my only option. I'm not going to stop running. But I'm going to finish. I'm encouraged. Sometimes, I, I know this is weird to say, I don't want to leave this earth yet, but I'm envious of those that have died in Christ. I'm envious of them. Because they finished the race. No more Mondays. You know, they finished the race. That's fired up. I don't know about you, but I started daydreaming about that the other day. And I think it was good. I don't think it was a bad practice just to think, wow, what's Scott Green and Tunde doing right now? What are they doing? You know, they're, they're in paradise right now. You know? I remember an Albanian woman was dying of, of cancer, and she got baptized. She was a Muslim all her life, and she was seven hours away from us, and the, the girl who, saved, who, who got uh, saved as a disciple went back to her village, which was 20 people, out in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't even located on the map. Like, GPS, you couldn't find her house. It was, like, on that hill over there. That's where she lived. So we went there to visit her and take communion with her. It was the most amazing thing I ever did. You on this van, packed van, no seatbelts. I was really scared. That's not encouraging. With, like, Muslim music and, you know, you know what I mean? I was like... What is happening right now, you know? And it was very cliffy. You know, I was not encouraged about that. Then we stopped, and he was like, Udroni, Udroni, which means let's go. And I was like, where are we going? We just walked into the forest. I was like, where is this person's house? So we walk and walk, walk for another mile, and then we get to this person's house. And she's on her sick, her deathbed, essentially. And we're taking communion with her. And I said, I'm so happy that you're my sister. And, you know, they're translating back and forth. I'm so happy that I can take communion with you. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry for you. And I was like, uh, yeah, I know. I'm kind of not, I'm out of place in this village, you know. And she was like, no, I, I'm sorry for you because where I'm going is so much better. And I'm going sooner than you. And you're going to have to feel the pain of this earth. And I'm going to another. And she was literally a month old in the faith. That was crazy. Like God gave her spiritual maturity 
beyond her spiritual years. This girl never cracked open the Bible, you know, until six months before. She was a Muslim all her life, and then she learned of Christ and became a disciple. God saw her in this village, and she taught me a lesson, that the, those that finish the race are the ones that truly win the prize. Amen.